Are you ready to tackle your goals? Like creating a course, launching a podcast, or opening a storefront, or maybe growing your team? It's time to take action and I'm here to help. My name's Kelsey Knudsen, and this is the Get Shit Done Podcast. Learn from industry experts, fellow entrepreneurs, or your favorite business coach, AKA me. We keep it real and share all of the struggles and triumphs, plus the good, bad, and ugly parts of running a business. Get ready for some real honest conversations about life, business, and mindset, all to help you be inspired and ready to take on the world. Now, let's jump on in to this week's episode. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today, you and I are hanging out again. I know normally I do a couple episodes with guests, a couple solo episodes, but I have things to say, <laughs> and we're gonna kick off the year with a lot of intention and focus. That's the vibe going into this year. I'm ready to get shit done. And I think a lot of that comes with knowing how to focus your time and energy and then doing the thing. So today I wanna talk about some success stories. I've had the pleasure of working with some multi six to multi seven figure business owners the last couple months. And I've noticed some patterns in those types of entrepreneurs. I thought it would be valuable to talk through what the top ones are doing in their business. And I'll, I'll even, I'll add this little caveat. Some of them slip up because we're all human. So just because they have seasons where they do all of these things doesn't mean that's their norm. In fact, when times get hard, I would argue that's when a lot of us go back to our default mode and scarcity mindset and we struggle and we make mistakes. And I just want you to know that these people are not on some business pedestal that you will never achieve. They just have certain things that they do that I think have led to their success. And I think we can all learn from that. So here we are, we have six things that all of my multi six to multi seven figure clients do in their business. And to give some more context, some of them have small team of a couple people up to 60 employees, just to give you some context. So number one, what do these entrepreneurs do? They put in the work. Hot take, being a business owner is not easy. It's not. There's seasons where you may be in more flow or you may be more aligned. You may be doing more of the work you enjoy doing, outsourcing the rest. But in short, the business owners I'm talking about in this example, they are not afraid to put in the work, which means if someone calls in sick, they're stepping up, which means if there's a mess to clean up in the bathroom, they're cleaning it they are hard working to a fault most of them have workaholic tendencies because they are absolutely obsessed in love with what they do and i would say to be that successful in business you have to be no one's gonna love your business as much as you do which also means that you get to be the one to steer the ship you decide how far it goes you decide where you're headed and you help lead the people in getting there so you have to be obsessed with the work you're doing. And if you're not, that is a whole nother podcast episode, a whole nother different, a whole different conversation to be had. But for now, number one, all of us could apply this. And guess what? Guess what? It costs zero dollars to apply this. Put in the work. And I would argue the right work. I think as business owners, we're real good about making to-do lists. Some of us are good about executing on them. And even a smaller percentage are good at executing on the right things. It feels good to cross stuff off. To be at the multi-six, multi-seven and beyond level, 
you have to be laser focused on where your time is spent and executing in that direction. And that's honestly where a lot of them, I would say, could use some recalibration. That's why we're working together. These people are not perfect. They're not God. They're not some unobtainable business goal you're never going to reach. Again, there's just some things that they have figured out and there's some things we're working on. Number two is this. These successful business owners I see, they acknowledge when they need expert help. I think early on, it's very much like, what can I get for quick fixes? Early on business owners, meaning I would say under $100,000 in revenue from what I've noticed, that is when you're going to take a course. That's when you're going to do a free workshop on how to launch a podcast. That is when you are going to do a webinar on how do I set up email marketing? You are looking for specific skill sets and know-how that you can quickly learn and you're the one doing because at the end of the day, you're probably the only one working in and on your business. There's a time and place for those things, but the further you grow as a leader, the more you recognize the need for experts. So instead of, hey, teach me how to use HoneyBook, it's, hey, I'm going to hire this expert to implement HoneyBook into my business because that is the best way I'm going to be able to onboard and offboard my clients. That mindset shift has to happen if you want to grow to this level and beyond. And it, it means it's going to cost money. So as a business owner, if you're sitting here listening to this, I want you to get real honest with yourself. Where are you at in this, in this journey? Are you just starting off and maybe your best use of time is in the doing? Maybe it's listening to a couple very specific podcast episodes that give you the tools you need to do, turning off your phone, putting it on airplane mode, and then going and doing the thing. Or are you on the other end of the spectrum where you have a team of people looking for you to lead and you keep getting in their way because you are so afraid to step out of the doing and into the leading. I see both happen. And I would say the business owners I see who are successful, they recognize when a expert should come in. I would say that's why they picked me to be their business coach, because there's something I have in my experience, my know-how, my network of support that they saw would be beneficial to the growth of their business. And they're not afraid to pay for it. And they're not afraid to say, hey, this person knows more than me in this area. It's going to help me get to my big picture goals in business. And I think, again, that flip has to be switched if you want to grow to this level of success. Another example I see this in is accounting, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> too many. Listen, if you were an accountant, I have heard too many horror stories of you. Not this is your fault specifically, but I've heard people say, hey, I don't understand money. I didn't go to college for this you handle it, you pay all my taxes. And then the accountant lives in accountant land and they are doing what they do best, which is reconcile things, pay taxes, make sure they're not in trouble. Then the business is operating and then they're not speaking to each other. So things get missed. I've seen it cost tons of money. I've seen it been a, be a giant waste of time. So just because you trust someone to do the thing, you as the business owner still have to own your stuff. You have to follow up and make sure it's happening. You also have to understand what's happening too. And money, I just have to say real quick, is a big one. I see a gap. I see a lot of people put almost too much trust in that part and they don't actually find a way to use the money data to make decisions in business. And I would argue the bigger your business is, if you had a leak at $100,000, that leak doesn't just plug itself when you add a couple zeros. So if you are listening and you're like, 
Kelsey, I'm not even making 200K. I'm like just barely at 100, not even. Awesome time to find the lake. Awesome time to understand your numbers. Because as you grow, the only the numbers only get more complex. So how can we build things in your system so you have a clear understanding of what's going on? You have the professionals executing on the tasks and leading to you, communicating to you. But at the end of the day, you still understand what is going on in business. I just had to add that little caveat. Number three, that successful business owners are doing. They take full ownership. What does that mean? When the business wins, when employees do a good job, they celebrate the heck out of their employees. When the business loses, they take ownership as the owner. That is a massive mindset shift. Instead of pointing the finger, they take ownership because they're the person that hired that person. So if something goes wrong in business, they own it. If something goes right in business, they share in the celebration of that. I think that is so important. One area of opportunity I see with all these business owners is a healthy amount of transparency. Because what happens sometimes is if times are tough, some of the business owners I'm thinking of, they protect their employees from quote unquote, the truth, the whole picture. And what happens is there becomes separation between the team and the business owner. So the business owner starts to get resentful, frustrated. They don't understand why XYZ employee is not stepping up or doing their part or cutting back or being more efficient or whatever the it is. And it's because there's not communication. So as a business owner, as a leader, if you have a team of people, there's a level of transparency that needs to be in play. So everyone has ownership, understanding of what's going on. There's also on the other side of the coin, a point where you have to be the professional, you have to be the boss and you have to protect the whole giant can of worms that could be this problem that you're having in business. So I think there's a healthy middle ground there of sharing enough to where it encourages your employees to be a part of the team, be solutions minded and help solve these little problems, but not oversharing to where you are now dipping into the friend zone because business, business partners, employees make good friends. Friends don't make good employees. My experience. All right. What else do they do? They number four are confident in their decisions. Laser focus. Even if it's the wrong choice, they take it definitively. This is something I think a lot of early biz, early stage, small business owners struggle with is decision fatigue. So they spend a lot of time and energy waffling on, is this for me? Is this the right time? Is this the right decision? That launch didn't go as planned. I'm going to scrap everything and start a whole new offer suite and come up with a whole new strategy. Uh, I'm not getting sales. I'm going to change my branding colors. Business owners who are successful are very decisive in what they need to do in business and they're clear and then they do it. And the more they're clear, the more they're able to communicate that to the team. I would argue at this level, once you have, gosh, two W2 employees and, and beyond, leadership and vision becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger piece or ratio on your plate. And no one can do that for you but you. Yes, a coach like me can help support you in the how, that I can be a, a listening ear, I can give feedback, ideas, collaborate with them. But at the end of the day, my business owners all have to cast the vision, then they have to get the team on board. What I notice happens a lot, they don't spend time casting the vision, the team is all rowing the boat and everyone's rowing in a different direction. Everyone feels like they're going somewhere because they are, but no one feels certain in the direction that they're going. 
So if you're listening, even if you have a team, gosh, even if you're one of my clients I'm thinking of right now, I think all of us could spend more time and intention on the leadership piece. I think that's an important part of the entrepreneurial journey that we don't talk enough about because we don't realize we need it until we're in it. And it's hard to anticipate what that's going to look like until you're literally in a situation where you have people who are depending on you. When you have payroll and taxes, when you have people who are wanting to advance in their careers and you didn't even think that someone would be willing to work with you for two years, let alone eight, right? So how can we invest more time in our leadership muscle, but recognizing again, the successful entrepreneur, the people I'm talking about, they have confidence. Sometimes it's in the wrong places, but at least they take that step confidently. We can always learn from mistakes, but we cannot learn from what ifs, ands, or buts. Okay. Number five is this. They approach everything proactively, not reactively. And like I said at the very beginning of this episode, just because I have some examples in my mind of entrepreneurs who have done these things doesn't mean they always do them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have me as a coach, right? Obviously, there's some gap in their business or opportunity in their business. But when I talk to successful business owners, they're proactive. So what does that look like in business? Say for me, I'm going to use my business as an example. My coaching package is six months, which means I know start date is when clients sign the proposal and pay end date is six months after that, which means I know my capacity simply by looking at the calendar. So to be proactive, instead of waiting till my six month time is up and say, I work with a client, we accomplish and crush all their goals and dreams, and I just let go of them and release them into the world to go do the thing. Most of them continue working in some way, but sometimes that does happen. That is not the time to go seek out another client to replace that spot. That's not being proactive. That's being reactive. If I'm waiting until that contract is done to start marketing, searching for leads, having sales conversations with potential clients after that is done, that's not being a proactive business owner. So when do I start having those conversations? If it's a six month relationship, And on average, it takes about a month or two to convert people. That means month three or four into this relationship, I'm in the mindset of I'm going to reach out and start to have conversations with potential new people. And then I can funnel them in and say, hey, I don't have capacity to start right now. I do in four weeks from today. How does that sound? Let's put a deposit down. And that's when I can start to be more, more proactive in my approach to business. So the successful entrepreneurs I see are proactive. If they see that costs have gone up and up and up and up, instead of just saying, woe is me, the cost of everything is so expensive, I don't know what to do, a lot of them are able to say, okay, but what did our revenue do? And did, did investing in more contractor work help us make more money? Oh no, okay, let's make some changes. They're very solutions oriented. In fact, when they show up to my sales calls, or sorry, our, our strategy sessions that we do together, because we're working together in this example, if they show up to our strategy strategy sessions, they have clear questions. They're already asking them. They actually tend to be more efficient in our time together and they go execute on the thing. They get quick feedback and they're already thinking of the next thing. Very rarely do I have to lead my high revenue clients. 
in our journey together. They know exactly what they need from me. They come to me for it. I support them through it. I talk through strategy. I hold them accountable and then they do the thing. A lot of the handholding hands happen in the lower revenue generating businesses. And I think there's a season where that makes sense because we don't know what we don't know, but just something that I find kind of interesting. They're very proactive. To take that concept a step further, my high performing successful entrepreneurs don't have a victim mentality. Meaning I know some that are feeling an impact from the economy because their industry is closely tied to how the economy is doing. And instead of saying, oh, it's just gonna be a rough year, we're gonna have to cut back, we're gonna have to make changes and budget cuts, they're already back to that proactive piece thinking, okay, how do we add in this other potential revenue stream? How do we create some systems and use this time where maybe we have a little more time as a team to become more strategic in our onboarding and offboarding process? So they start to ask different questions and it's not, woe is me, feel bad for me. It's how do we keep this business productive moving forward? And some of that might be fixing internal stuff. I think, I think downtime, quote unquote, downtime is a great time to focus on internal stuff and it doesn't mean failure. And it doesn't mean that it's not an indicator that your business is failing. I think a lot of us actually like having that breathing room a little bit. And then from there, then from there, then we can be proactive in filling it up. But if your boat is not efficient to begin with, it does you no good to do more advertising, more social media, more marketing, if your process is not pristine in the first place anyways. So no victim mentality. And the last thing that these entrepreneurs do, which again, On paper, I would call them successful as humans. Knowing them, I think they're successful, but something to learn from them is this. They are clear on where they wanna go. I mentioned earlier the boat analogy. Imagine being in a boat, not having a captain, no one to say row, row, row. So everyone's rowing in different directions, different speeds. You can see how you're just spinning your circles. You're probably not even moving. Maybe the boat is just, sorry, I don't know how physics works, but maybe it's just standing still, right? The job as a business owner, the job of you, your job, your core function is to be the captain of the boat. And whether it's just you or a team of 50, you have to decide where you're going. And the most successful entrepreneurs I have, have crystal clear, almost audacious, scary, big goals of where they're headed. They may not know exactly how they're getting there, but they know every day when they wake up, they know what steps to take to at least go in the right direction. They're at least going north. They don't know what's up there, but they know they're going north. And they know that moving a couple inches today is better than just standing still. And that's something, that's some level of progress. So all that to say, I've talked a lot about success and defining it in different ways. And in the context of today's conversation, I think it's important to have success mean proof of concept. You have a business where you have people paying you dollars for the thing you have. You have a team who loves working with you. You have enough where you are filled, you are fulfilling the lives of others on your team. Congratulations. In the context of today, you're successful. But I think Everyone can learn from these six different things that these entrepreneurs do. I'm going to recap them real quick just so you have them. Number one, putting in the work. Number two, acknowledging when you need an expert to help you. Number three, taking full ownership. Number four, being confident in the decisions that you're making. 
Number five, approaching problems proactively. And number six, having laser clarity on where you're headed. I think all this is super important. This is actually a lot of the stuff that I'm teaching in our Baja business retreat, which is happening in a couple months, which is crazy. If you're listening in real time, it's literally what, two-ish months out. And we had someone hop in a couple weeks out last year. So if you're listening, we probably still have a spot or two and we would love for you to swoop it up. The link to check it out, apply and get a free coaching session is trueadventurecollective.com slash business retreat. If nothing else, this episode is exactly the vibe, the energy we're bringing to Baja. This is my mindset going to Baja. I want everyone to walk away feeling like a really empowered CEO. And I think a lot of that stems from having clarity, confidence, and the strategy, of course, and knowing what exact steps to take to get to where you want to go in business. Because the truth is a lot of people have big dreams and goals. Very few execute on them. And I want you to be part of the Very Few Club. So that's all I have for this episode this week. If you're listening and you found this helpful and you are a business owner and you are a woman and you are able to get to Baja, Mexico, I'd love for you to at least apply, see if we are a fit, see if this offer is good for you. We are going to talk about this and deep dive so much more in Baja. Thank you so much. And I will catch you on the next one. Hey, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope it was valuable and prepared you to take bold, decisive action. And remember, there's no shortcut for the show up. So go do the thing. Check out KelseyMarieKnutson.com slash podcast for all of the notes and resources mentioned in the episode. If you found the podcast extra helpful, please leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, or share it with someone who needs to hear it. As always, I love what I do, and it's because of you. That's all for now. Let's make this month matter and get shit done.